Okay, so let's dive into the text. We're in Ephesians 4. Uh, we're going to look just at the passage where we see the context of fivefold. Uh, we've been doing a series on the fivefold ministry here at church, and this is our last session, which is about the prophets. So um, you'll see from the text what I mean, and we'll kind of have a little think about um, what that looks like. So here we go. Um, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each of us is given the grace as Christ appointed it. This is where it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does it mean to ascend? Mean except also descended to the lower regions. He also... He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all of the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach the unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Amen. Amazing words from Paul. Um, So we've been uh, looking at the fivefold ministry because Jesus gave the gifts of the fivefold ministry, as we see here, to, to become mature. We can't be a mature body of Christ. We can't be mature disciples of Jesus unless we operate and function in that way. Um, and I'm gonna, we're going to do a little bit of maths this morning. Um, I have a conf- do we have any mathematicians like, of any kind in the room? Maybe some students, yeah? Okay. Um, I have a little confession to make. I did two weeks of A-level maths and could not hack it. They said the word differentiation, and I almost walked out of the room. Uh, my head just kind of blew open. Um, so yeah, two, two weeks of A-level maths was my um, highest level of maths. But we're going to have a think of a little equation this morning. This is a lot easier than differentiation. And this equation is from this scripture. Um, and it's unity plus diversity equals maturity. Unity plus diversity equals maturity. And we see it from the text here. Um, in the first few verses, Paul, um, Paul is saying, We're one. We are one body. We're together. We've been called to be united, to be one body. Paul is saying, go after unity. Pursue it. Hold on to it. Make sure you don't let go of unity. It's so important. It's so important we're united together as the body of Christ, but also united to Christ. Unity with him and with each other. So unity plus diversity Diversity, the fivefold ministry. We're not all called to be teachers or pastors or prophets or apostles or evangelists because the church would look totally unbalanced if that was the case. We're all called to be diverse, we're called to be different. And each of you, each of us carries one of those callings, one of those gifts. And if you're not that thing that God has called you to be, We rob each other of the fullness 
Because it says later that we know that unity and diversity make maturity. But if we haven't got the full diversity, we're not going to get the full maturity. Simple maths. So you being you and you being who God's called you to be, whether you're a prophet, apostle, evangelist, pastor, teacher, you need to be that. You need to be that for this body to grow into maturity. And and verse um, 13 is one of my favorite verses in scripture. Filled to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's the maturity that we're going after. So until we get there, we're going to keep going after this. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We're not going to see that fully until we stand before him and and are with him. We're like him when we get to heaven. But for now, we can can sharpen ourselves. We We can step more into who God's called us to be, to be more effective as a body of Christ. And we've heard um, over the past few weeks of what it looks like to be a shepherd or a teacher or an evangelist or an apostle. And today we're going to have, have a think about what it looks like to be a prophet and to honor the prophets in this room and to, to help each other grow as prophets. Now, Paul explains here, ultimately, we all want to be like Christ, don't we? He is, the, he is the end goal. He's the perfect image. He's the one that we want to grow into to be fully like Christ. And we will be one day. So even if you're a prophet this morning, what does it look like for you to also be an evangelist and a teacher to grow in those things? If you think that you're not prophetic or don't have that gift, what does it look like to hear these words this morning and say, actually, I, want, I really want to grow in that today. Why? Because it makes me more mature. It makes me more full. It makes me more like Jesus. So I want us to just to have our ears ready to hear something this morning. John's going to come and help us. And John was a last minute standing. We were kind of trying to figure out um, how to do this. I mean, we've taught prophecy on form before. And I said to John, oh, can, can I borrow your form notes? Um, and I'll share some of this stuff. But John said, maybe, maybe I should share. Um, but John, bless him, has been... Um, battling chest infections since October and he has this thing that I can never pronounce but I know what it means and his bronchioles bronchiectasis are too big so it means that he's more susceptible to chest infections so I'm going to pray healing for you then I'm going to pray for you and that we would just hear God's word this morning um, come and heal John now we pray for fresh healing right now God um, we just we just pray you would um, yeah, just come and transform these lungs that the doctors would be totally surprised that the antibiotics would, would be really effective and that John would step into wellness this summer. We just pray that over you, over you John. I pray you be filled with God's presence now. Um, we honor you as a prophet of this, of this body and we say um, thank you for stepping in. Um, Lord, we're ready to hear your word. Uh, we're ready for you to call out the prophets and step into more fullness in you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Josh. Um, wow. It's, um, it's amazing, really, isn't it, just to um, be able to be in this position where we have such an amazing father. Um, his heart is incredible. His heart is so full of what he wants to give to his people. And... At the very center, the very heart of the Father's heart is this um, desire, but not only a desire, a willingness and an ability to equip his people. 
And there are three chapters uh, in the Bible that are linked, as it were, by a golden thread connected to the gift of prophecy. It's Numbers chapter 11, Joel chapter 2, and Acts chapter 2. Now, I'm not, we're not going into detail about those particular chapters, but one thing I just want to say is this. That in Numbers, in the book of Numbers, it has two parts. And the first ten chapters are all about how the people of God are to relate to a holy God. So the first ten chapters are all about how um, people who are sinful can have an intimate relationship with a holy God. And then Numbers 11 to the rest, to the end of that book, is all about how the people of God fulfill the mission of God's people under the Old Covenant. And Numbers 11 is all about the people going out to be more effective as the people of God as they witness to, to the living God amongst the surrounding nations. And Numbers 11 has this incredible wish that Moses cries out in the midst of a pretty grisly chapter in terms of mess, mistakes, and all the other stuff that goes on. But Moses cries out with this amazing wish, Oh, that the people of God would prophesy. And then Joel comes along later, and in Joel we have this amazing promise that God releases upon um, the people that one day will be fulfilled, that there will be this time in the last days when the, the gift of prophecy will be poured out. So for Moses it was a wish, for Joel it was a promise, and then Peter gets up in Acts 2 and says, the day has come and this gift has been released. And this gift has been released so that the people of God under the new covenant can be more effective at being a people on mission to the world and to those nations round about. And so um, what I'm doing now is I want to do in three parts, I'm just going to um, look at why the gift of prophecy is so important. I also want to look at um, how can we uh, prophesy and what does it actually mean. And then thirdly, I want to look at one particular person who has an amazing prophetic ministry in Scripture. Uh, she has um, a very, very uh, uh, incredible ministry. And there are other people we could speak to. And there obviously is people here this morning. But I'm going to look at Deborah at the end. But let's we just have to wait now because I've got this amazing thing that... I'm now just going to ransack my notes on my desktop. So if you just excuse me a bit whilst I just use my amazing little thing here that enables me to get to my notes on my desktop. Um, so here we go. Right, here we are. Uh, now I can read it, hopefully. Right. So what should our attitude be about the gift of prophecy? Well, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, when he says, actually, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So it's really important for us, and particularly in this particular gift, that we, we know about it. And, and part of that knowing about it is what this course, this series has been about, the fivefold gifts. But actually, we want to just know about it. We want to get our minds around this particular gift. Secondly, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, Paul talks about how we should earnestly desire gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. 
So he's being very clear here that of all the gifts, he's saying we should earnestly desire the gift, but especially the gift of prophecy. The most fundamental reason that we should actually do this is that the Bible is commanding us to do that. Earnestly desire the gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And he's saying this in the same sentence as pursue love. We are to follow the way of love. To pursue love and to eagerly desire spiritual gifts is what we are commanded to do within Scripture. We have no reason to disagree or dispute the fact that we are to love one another. But clearly, the Bible is teaching us also that we need to earnestly desire the spiritual gift of prophecy. Thirdly, um, also in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul talks about being zealous um, for the gift of prophecy. Since you are eager, he says, you're eager for the manifestation of the Spirit. You know, um, how zealous am I to hear God? How, how zealous am I to be in his a relationship with him and to, to know him and to uh, hear him? We are to also to ex, um, desire this gift and, as it were, um, uh, use it abundantly. I, I never seek to be absolutely amazed at how even the very smallest word that is shared and passed on can be just so incredibly encouraging. Um, I mean, for example, if we look in John chapter 1, Nathaniel gets a terribly rough press uh, in the world. He's always accused of being the arch cynic. Can anything good come from Galilee, he says. But here was a man who was desperate to know the Father in intimacy. But with all the rules and regulations of the religion of the day, he had given up. But then he has this incredible encounter with Jesus, and it's the prophetic word that Jesus says to him that breaks open his cages of disappointment and discouragement. It's the prophetic word that releases the Samaritan woman at the well to become the first evangelist. She didn't say to him, sir, when she spoke to Jesus, sir, I see you're an evangelist, sir, I see you're an apostle, sir, I see you're a pastor or a shepherd, sir, I see you're a teacher. She says, sir, I see you are a prophet. It is the prophetic word that again and again and again and again breaks open. Those hearts are soft and damaged, bruised or hurt because um, that is what it's about. So that's the important thing about it is that we have this amazing gift that God has given us. And that's why uh, Paul encourages us to do that. Now I'm just going to go to another set of my notes here. So please, you just have to bear with me. I'll do to this. This is all very ad hoc, but hopefully you're still with me in understanding this. Where do we come now to the next lot? God speaks, of course, in a number of ways. And primary, of course, he speaks to us through his word. Uh, he speaks to us through his word, the Bible. Um, so uh, I'm always wanting to encourage uh, people that, that I've taken on ministry trips before in the past or when I've been teaching elsewhere, it's all about actually getting a rediscovery of this, the Word of God and just loving the Bible for what it is and being really important. God will speak to us through many other ways, like for example, He will speak to us through um, what we would call like subjective ways, where He just breaks into our thoughts, into our, uh, our things that we're doing when you know, we're, we're, we're perhaps praying about something and something just drops into our head. That's another way that he speaks. He also speaks um, 
audibly as well. I don't know how many here actually have heard God speak audibly, but he does speak audibly. For me, I think there's been three or four times where uh, there's been an audible um, occasion for that God has spoken. So I'll just share uh, one occasion when uh, we were doing some spring cleaning, as it were, spiritual spring cleaning in the church that I was leading. Um, the church had had, in the past, over many years, uh, a Masonic connection, but that had all been broken, so it was no longer involved in that sort of aspect of life. Um, but at the front, there was um, a little brick that had a small Masonic symbol on. So I had said to the estates team that if they could pre-drill that brick, and then we'll, we'll, we'll just take it out and we'll destroy it. Um, so the leadership team, we were doing a day of prayer and fasting. We were going to take the brick out at night. And I'd asked it to be pre-drilled, because if they pulled the brick out and the whole lot came tumbling down, it would have been a bit disastrous. So basically, just wanted to make sure that we'd get it out and it wasn't going to destroy the wall. Anyhow, that day, we were... Um, praying and fasting about this, and um, we were going to do it in the evening. <coughs> and I was in my study, and I was preparing to go down to the, to the church, and, and the Lord just simply said to me, read Leviticus 14, verse 40. Now, I had no idea about that verse, no idea about that particular part of Leviticus. But actually, it says in the Bible, some, and in some translations, it's referring to the priest. So, he, the priest is to command that the contaminated stones be removed from the building and placed in an unclean place outside the city walls. And so I just thought, isn't that amazing how God, he went, we were going to do this, take this brick out, because it was an unclean brick. But four hours before we took it out, God spoke to me and said, here's the verse. And that's why it's really important to do that. So God speaks audibly, which is really important. God speaks to us through um, pictures and various things like this. And we see lots of things in Scripture that really help us to understand uh, what he's saying, why he's saying. But there are key things about it. We want to be in a place that our heart is open, a place of humility. People sometimes say, God never speaks. And I say, well, have you made yourself available to speak, hear him? You know, it does sometimes take patience. We live in an age where things need to be so quick and so fast and we want instant results. Sometimes we just have to learn that sometimes it does take a bit of time to, to press into his presence it's important about learning to recognize his voice. Some of you may be people that get lots of, lots of pictures or dreams. And that's the way that God will use to speak to you. That is your spiritual vocabulary, as it were. So there's that way of just learning to recognize his voice. It's about accountability as well. That we are actually uh, you know, accountable. It's important to be accountable, especially in a particular gift that often can be quite directive. And that's why there's some rules and ways of uh, practice that we want to establish about how the gift is actually exercised. And, of course, it's also the importance about um, not being full of pride. Um, I love this quote. Again, I'm going to try and read it from here, if I can get it to... Here we go. All God's people are to prophesy a call to proclaim the glory of God's love. So how can we recognize... Um, God's voice. Well, just hear a few things just from my experience. Um, I think there's a stirring up, a, a bubbling up in our minds, in our hearts. Um, there's a sort of, there's like a compulsion arises. The, the word perhaps overflows into our heart, into our minds. Um, there's a, something like our thinking begins to focus on a particular picture or a word. 
Um, for me particularly, um, I often just see words. And often I just see, say, the beginning of a sentence, and then God will give the rest of the sentence as I start to speak. But for others, it'll be often more often that God actually starts to show you things as pictures. But there's a time when we are just wanting to focus on God, and there's a stirring up in our hearts, in our spirits, about something coming from God. It may be that a picture or a vision um, or some memory comes to mind, and you cannot ignore it. You cannot ignore it. It it stands out with great detail and great clarity uh, in your mind's eye. There are other times where God will sometimes highlight a biblical text um, for yourself or a friend or for the church. Uh, You cannot pass over it. God is not allowing you to to let go of that particular um, word. You're listening to the voice of God. You're hearing the voice of God. And that's so important. Sometimes uh, an impression will come into your mind. And again, there's a weightiness about that particular impression. Uh, A gut feeling um, of a sort of conviction in your heart. There's again uh, an clarity that's coming that you cannot let go of. Uh, I love, obviously, that uh, Elijah uh, in 1 Kings 19 and uh, how he has this amazing charismatic ministry and how he deals with Jezebel but then flees because of fear to the cave. And in the cave, of course, he's run away from all these nasty people. And still that still small voice, God comes to speak to him. And um, again, to encourage us in terms of that gentle whisper, that um, sound of silence, um, that is so important. Uh, Looking for and listening to the unusual. There was one occasion in my life when... um, I was doing the washing, you may have heard me say this, I have no idea, I keep forgetting things at the moment, but I was doing the washing once and at the kitchen sink and looked straight out and about five yards in front of me on the garden table was an adult buzzard um, just looking at me, looking at us. So we had this alpha male standoff. Um, I got my gloves on so I didn't feel particularly alpha male-ish, but, but he was fully alpha male because he was a fully grown young male buzzard and he was, he was proud of his buzzardness. Um, and we stared at each other for about five minutes, and then he just flew up from the table onto a tree just above the, uh, the table, and he started to eat the magpie he had killed. And as he was eating this magpie, I saw hundreds and hundreds of wasps descend on this buzzard to try and have a go at him eating this magpie. And just that moment, the Lord said to me, you will see the unusual in the usual and the unknown will become known. Well, the unusual was clear was an adult buzzard in a garden, um, in a suburban garden. But the unknown, I had no idea. So what do you do? You go to Google. And I found out in my Google search what I've always suspected about wasps. They're omnivores. They prefer flesh, fresh flesh, if they can half get it. But no, they are fully-fledged omnivores. They will eat meat given half the chance. So this poor young buzzer was trying to deal with his kill when all these wasps were trying to eat the magpie as well. But the key thing about that little story is this. God said to me, as I saw the buzzard, you'll see the unusual in the usual, that's the unusual bird in the usual place of garden, and the unknown, the fact that wasps are uh, omnivores. Um, The other way we can hear God sometimes is through experiencing uh, physical um, 
sensations. So that's like being in touch with as we are as a body in terms of, uh, it's like words of revelation, words like pains and this, like this. The God will use that as well. How do we deliver prophetic words? I think it's important that we have a clear objective, void confusion and repetition and rambling. And the key thing here is give what the Holy Spirit has given and then stop. The problem is that we want to pad it and we feel quite embarrassed about what we said, so we just carry on. And one of the things I think it's important is from my own experience is this, that actually um, we need to be asking ourselves the question, Lord, do I have your permission to share this? So there was a time when God said to me that it was important that I prayed for all the church prophetically through the small group structures. So I did that over nine months, prayed for all the the adult small groups and the teenage small groups over nine months. And then uh, in the evening service for about um, a year and a bit, every time I I said to the Lord in the service, um, Lord, is it right to have some prophetic ministry today? Uh, He said no. And that's quite challenging, isn't it? Because Christians, we want to serve, we want to get things out, we want to share things. Often we just share them, but it pauses out. But it's important to have that permission from God. Do I have your permission to share this? Is it for the right time or this time or another time? It's important not trying to seek to impress people. Um, Let's use clear language. And um, let's also be people that submit to leadership. And now finally, I want to look at this amazing character, Deborah. And if you just bear with me as I just go to Deborah. Now think about... um, If we look at about prophetic people in Scripture, um, we could have chosen Barnabas. He's often referred to as a son of encouragement, but actually the Greek word for Barnabas also means prophetic, prophet. So he's a son of prophecy. So there's an important thing that goes on. But I've chosen Deborah, and Deborah's found in Judges 4 and 5. I just want to ask you to, to look at those two chapters and to really engage with Deborah. She's called to be a leader of the nation in a troublesome time. But she's referred to as a prophet. And, and this is important for us today because I really do believe, I do feel in my spirit now that God wants to release a great outpouring of the gift this morning. But also he wants to deal with a particular issue that we all struggle with and that's fear and the need to have courage. And Deborah shows us a number of things that are really, really important. So, for example, when we re- look at Deborah's story in Judges 4 and 5, we see here someone who is, has the courage to move beyond good intention. And if we're going to grow in hearing God's voice, it's really important to move beyond that good intention. Yes, I know the Lord wants to bless you, and I really want to encourage you, and you're going through a tough time. But no, I want to go into that place where I'm hearing what God's voice is, to really speak to that person in a way that's the hardest heart, more than just good intention. Secondly, um, she also, in her amazing ministry and her leadership, she had the courage to overcome the fear of the people. And if we are to step out of this particular gift, it's so important to have that courage and confidence that God calls you, will give you the words, but you need to step out and say no to fear and no to what others may think or whatever. And the other thing about Deborah is, in terms of her leadership, but also her exercise of the gift of prophecy, is that she has the courage to let go of the past and the familiar and to move into the new. And I think again and again, with the the prophetic gift, it is so important 
to have that confidence that I'm, you know, I mean, every testimony, Christian testimony, has a tell-by date. And, and we can move on from that particular say that was right, relevant and important for those days. But we have a new one for today. She listened to God. She lived for God. And she was led by God. And I think all of us, whatever level of stage we are, that's what we all can do. Listen to him, live for him, and be led by him. And of course, we have a supreme model uh, in Jesus himself. You know, Jesus, um, the word made flesh, um, God's new covenant uh, in him, the relationship that he had with his father. He was a, a faithful son. He, he spoke the words of God that God gave him. These are all part of what he sets us and establishes for us, which are really crucial. But if I'm going to finish now, um, there are things that are at the heart of this gift that I think we need to lay, on, lay hold of. Um, firstly is, um, what is the depth, the extent of my relationship with God the Father? You know, how, how close is it? And I think that's why extraordinary today we had the, the songs about intimacy, about the importance of my relationship with the Father. Uh, and secondly, um, the importance of courage. And I really do believe that God wants to break off fear and anxiety and release courage and confidence. The word courage means to do the heart. And if we're to know the Father's heart, he's to have to touch our hearts to give us courage in our hearts so that we can step out and be like him. It's, courage is a capacity, isn't it, surely, to do what is right and good in the face of fear and anxiety. So I believe that God wants to really encourage and bless us this morning as we um, just seek to be filled with his spirit, uh, uh, to grow in hearing him. It may be just a, an increase in revelation in terms of pictures or words. Um, I, I would love to be able to, to pray for people to have an increase in the prophetic gift, uh, have a, a, an increase in gifts of revelation, in a sense for my faith to water your faith to step out into his presence. Josh, would you like to come up and yeah. carry on or whatever you want to say? You just you stay here, John. Um, amazing that John can just bosh that out off the cuff, isn't it? Um, thank you so much, John, for your wisdom. Um, and just, um, it's just incredible, the, the, the gift that John has talked about, that we all get to engage in that. We've talked about the fivefold, and, and in particular today, obviously, prophets, but... This isn't, you hear this from John, this isn't just for the prophets or the people that would identify as being given the gift as a prophet. This is for everyone, right? <laughs> um, and we get to grow in those things, but there is a special gift of the prophet that helps the, other, the rest of us learn to prophesy and grow in prophecy. Um, so if you, um, I, we're gonna, we want to pray for prophecy and, and prophets. Um, so if you uh, think that you might be a prophet, would you just stand for me now? That would be great. Um, from what you've heard, let me just say some things because you might not be able to identify, but these are people who are aware of the times in which they live. They listen to God for those times. They stand as bridges where heaven and earth touch. They encourage others to hear what God is saying. They use their gifts to build others up. They act on inspiration They're creative and often misunderstood. They enjoy being alone with God, waiting, listening, 
They have a passion for prayer, intercession, and worship. So if that's you, would you just stand? Amazing. Thank you, prophets. Thank you for standing. And we just honor you for your voice in this church. Um, What I would love us to do, if someone um, is near you, everyone else stand now um, and just gather around the prophets right now. So uh, we're going to bless the prophets to be all that they are called to be. We're going to just honor the gift that God has given them. Um, so we're going to just uh, just lay hands on now. And John is going to pray a prayer of blessing for the prophets. So if you haven't, just everyone move. You might need to move. If, keep your hand up. If you're a prophet, just stick your hand up. If you haven't got someone to pray for, then move to near a prophet. There's three at the front here with only two people praying. So maybe move out of your seats. Great. So just begin to bless and honor that. And John's going to pray a blessing for the prophets uh, in this church. Father, we just thank you and bless you for your amazing gifts. And we thank you for these gifts that Paul has given us, these fivefold gifts. But Father, I want to pray now for those that you've called to be prophets. Father, I just want to honor them and bless them. Honor them in Jesus' name for their courage and confidence. Father, I pray for a rich outpouring from heaven of revelation. Father, I pray for a new season of prophetic ministry. Father, I pray for two, three, fourfold in terms of the prophetic anointing. Father, I pray for release of pictures, for words. I pray for confidence and boldness and courage. And in the Jesus' name, I set you free from anxiety or fear. Father, I pray that you'll release openings and opportunities these coming days. Father, I pray for the prophetic word they bring into the situations in their communities, in the, in the, at the shop till, uh, in the bus queue, wherever they are, Lord, in the school, in the college, where it is. Those words will come that you'll give them those words. So, Father, release now afresh. Those, uh, that gift, that prophetic gift upon these dear women and men now in Jesus' name. So come Holy Spirit now, release a greater anointing, a greater anointing for that prophetic yeah. ministry in yeah. Jesus' name. Um, yeah, and just uh, as the only member of the senior team here, I think Sam's not here, but um, I just want to say I give you permission to speak into the life of this church. Uh, we give you permission to be a prophet to us as a body of Christ, to, to step into the calling that, you, that God has, has asked you to be, to, to be more confident in who he's asked you to be, to release the prophetic word for the corporate, to, to encourage, to bless others, to speak God's voice over this body. We, we, we give you permission to be more of who God's called you to be. Um, and uh, just finally, we're, we're coming to a close. Mags is just going to give us a little challenge because I feel like God um, is releasing the prophets, but he's also encouraging us to step in to the prophetic ministry as a whole body. So Mags is going to give us a little challenge as we leave. So um, I was with Kath Lives's prophetic huddle. And one of the things that I'm really passionate about is um, teaching my children um, and my family how to... Um, prophesy to one another and and often around the breakfast table um, we're a bit rushed we're um, uh, often a little bit not very nice to each other and so sometimes I will just get them to stop and I will say right you've got 30 seconds quieten down we'll pray for the Holy Spirit and then give a word of encouragement and blessing to the person on your left and often it's the one they've just been arguing with but my challenge for you is how do we bring the prophetic into the day-to-day life? And I would just encourage you, when you're having a meal, just add pause, ask the Holy Spirit to come, ask Jesus to give you a word for somebody on your left, 
and often it will break um, whatever's happening and it will break in and I'm not kidding my children have given me some amazing words that would just lighten my step as I go into work and I'm pretty sure that the people around the table will give you amazing words that can just make the difference in your day so that's my challenge